Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Uh, and, you know, as, as we get ready, Matt's going to come up and teach and, and uh, share with us. Uh, he went on tour with the Whosoevers for a week. And then we went up to Katy, Texas uh, for a couple of days up to Houston. And so I've seen the ministry firsthand, but he's, he's, he's spent time with the, the guys and, and, and Christine and them as they go out into the teen rescues and all the, the areas to try to, to, to share the gospel and to see God's word actually come into life. Um, and, and so that's kind of what he's going to be sharing about. He has three main scriptures that he'll be teaching on and um, you know, I, I wanted him to kind of share what the ministry was, you know, because we supported it. We actually were part of the, the whosoever event, uh, at Grace Calvary Chapel. And so that was important for, for me to y'all, to y'all to know a little bit more about the ministry, because I really believe everybody's looking for, you know, as Calvary, everybody talks about the Jesus movement, but it's happening. They need to stop talking about the glory days and start waking up to what's happening today. That's what Calvary Chapel needs to do. And so that's what Matt's going to kind of share about. It's, it's actually my son and my baby out of the five. And uh, so you can come on up, Matt, and I'll pray for you, and we'll go ahead and get let you get going. And uh, Matt teaches, so he's school of ministry graduate, did two years of school of ministry, and then... Um, and has been teaching helping joe out on wednesday nights and taught a couple or taught one sunday right you've done a sunday already so uh father god we thank you so much for today we do pray for matthew and just pray for his uh, uh the word that you've given him just ask that you uh be with him uh to to calm his heart to uh to speak to us and, and that we could seek application through your word lord we thank you so much for all that you're doing uh in this church we pray that uh that we would uh, have that same spirit to see God's word come alive in this town, in Divine, and throughout Medina County. We thank you so much for all that you're doing, and we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. The plan is uh, to warm up while I'm up here. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I took off the jacket, and I was like, I, usually I move around a lot, so I was like, I generate heat. So that's that's the hope and plan. It hasn't happened yet. It's, it's weird. This weather's bipolar. I was just in shorts and, and shirts and out in this heat the past four days, and now it's 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 cold as heck. So, um, But, yeah, like my dad was saying, uh, I'm Matthew Petit. I serve at Grace Calvary Chapel, and that's about it. I'm, I'm really no one, uh, but I'm someone in the Lord's eyes that he's using by any means, and I don't know why, but he's just led me to do the things that I'm doing. There's nothing special about me or an ability. I don't have crazy talents. I don't have nothing like that. I'm just someone who's being willing to use by being 
willing enough to allow God to use my life. So that's that's why I'm up here and, and just continuing to do the things that I do. Um, today's service, like we, my dad was sharing, it's, it's a little different. Uh, it's different than an expository teaching um, or that we're used to a scripture by scripture teaching. Uh, it's just going to be sharing about this this tour, the, the Texas tour that I got to take with the whosoevers. And uh, don't get don't get it twisted. I'm still going to be sharing scripture and kind of uh, three scriptures we're going to be in is Matthew 9, uh, 35 through 38. And then later on, we'll be in Acts chapter two, verses 17 and 21. And then we'll end it off in Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 14. And and those really, the, the scriptures is kind of an outline of, of us sharing this this story about this tour. And, you know, Matthew is going to be sharing about what the whosoevers actually do on, on a day-to-day basis and how the movement is operating. Um, and and it's, it's really dope. It's just really, again, seeing scripture come to life and... And that goes on to even why we're sharing in Acts chapter 2 is that promise from the prophet Joel that Peter had mentioned in his first sermon. And that scripture is coming alive today and, and through each stop and through each event. And really what we're seeing in our generation is, is this scripture being alive and active. And as we'll read in Ezekiel, uh, I really do believe this is a, a verse that I'm taking into this coming year. And, and I'm excited to see come to life. And talking about those those dry bones uh, coming to life. And really for this generation, I think this is a promise of God that he has planned and in store for us. So again, it, we're talking about God's word being real and happening and coming to life because we know our God is the same today, yesterday, and forever on. Amen. And his, his word's alive and his Holy Spirit is being poured out in this generation. Even though we see all this chaos and this madness, when you kill that noise, when you get rid of all those distractions, man, and really just focus in on Christ, you see that his word is, is alive and active. So I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll get rolling here and, and kind of sharing about this tour. Uh, Father God, we just thank you again for this time. Thank you for this opportunity this morning to come here in Divine Texas. It's so awesome to just to be out here and just really see... Um, Man, what you're doing in this community, in this city, I pray, Father God, for uh, this church, that you would continue to empower them through your Holy Spirit to continue to be that light amidst the darkness, Lord. We're called to exist amongst a crooked and twisted generation as, as lights unto you, and I pray, uh, Holy Spirit, as we kind of just dive into your word today, beginning this new year, I pray that you would allow yourself to be um, just operating in this room through this teaching online to whoever's watching and I just pray not only for for them but for myself that you would set all my desires all my ambitions aside and just allow me just to be that sacred vessel for you speaking your word sharing your stories these stories is not about one person it's not about one ministry it's not about any of that at the end of the day it's just what you're doing it's it's all for your glory and and it's showcasing who you are and how you want to us to live just a radical life for you. So we thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the whosoever is, you're probably wondering, what is that? Who is that? Uh, basically, it's just a movement for whosoever, anybody, just to experience a real, tangible relationship with God. 
and, and it empowers our generation today to find true purpose and meaning through the gospel message and the hope that it brings through Jesus Christ. It's rooted in scripture and, and it's a movement with arms wide op open, no matter your past, no matter where you currently find yourself today, this movement is for anybody. And, and, it's, and it's based off of this promise in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but find everlasting life. And that's a beautiful promise. No matter who you are, no matter where you find yourself today, God sent his son out of eternity on a rescue mission to save us from our sins. We are not able to save ourselves. We, we fall short daily. I don't know about you, but I sure need this eternal life that, that is promised because this is something that anchors my life. And this is a promise of God. And this is the hope that we're sharing. And this movement was started uh, by three three guys. And it was uh, Sonny Sandoval, the lead singer of P.O.D., um, the guitarist from Corn, Brian Head Welch, and, and uh, Ryan Reese, who actually has spoke at our church uh, back in December. He... He skates, and he was the former team manager of Circa Footwear for their skate team during the peak in the 90s of, of all that. Circa was a big, big old skate brand. They were known for, uh, you know, being the skater shoe in a sense. They had a stash pocket in the tongue. So during that time, this was this was the biggest stuff. So this this movement of people is is really from people from different industries, from the music industry, from skate from fashion, whatever, again, whosoever. It's all these people from different industries that God brought together. Eventually, these, these three people found God, and, and they just started this movement to provide hope and, and truth in the midst of a broken and hurting generation, not only reflecting Christ in every industry, but in, in the culture today. And, and even in the church community, it's just reflecting God and his word. And, and their mission is, is pretty simple. I always loved how they have this phrase. It's just the Great Commission. Their mission is the Great Commission. And, and in Mark chapter uh, 16, verses 15 through 8, you know, that's where Jesus called his disciples, right? And, and now, you know, take this into today. We are those disciples as well to share the hope of the gospel into the uttermost parts of the world. Go baptize people uh, for those who, who get saved and, and witness all these signs and wonders that would follow as people are being empowered by the Holy Spirit just to live this radical life. And, and what this movement does on a daily basis through these tours, through these events, is, is just what we see in, in Matthew 9, as, as I mentioned early on. So Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38. This explains how the movement is, is operating, as it says in verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of his kingdom and healing every kind of disease and afflictions. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed, helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out. Uh, laborers into the harvest and, and throughout the bible we're called to be imitators of christ like ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 tell us and to look to the author and perfecter of our faith jesus himself in hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 and and just mentioned within these two chapters in in matthew 
we see this model that Jesus set for us, right? So as we're called to be imitators and to emulate Christ, look at what he's doing. He's going into these towns, these, these cities. He's going into these smaller villages, these tiny communities. And he's also entering the churches, the synagogues. And he's just spreading the gospel of his kingdom. And this, this new gospel, this new kingdom that he's ushering in, and this new kingdom was something that was never heard before. Now the lowly people of society were considered worthy enough to experience the, the, the goodness of God. And, and now status and wealth is completely disbanded. And now it's just everyone, again, whosoever, is found worthy enough to experience the gospel of God. And that they are valuable, they're worthy enough to experience his mercy, his grace, and his power. And this is what Christ was sharing. He's providing hope to the lepers, the outcasts of society, the prostitutes, the people who had these stigmas against them. Even bringing the gospel to the rich and the rulers of society, anyone was considered. Status didn't mean nothing. But as he went, all these signs and wonders would follow and, and that's what the whosoever does, the, the movement really does. It takes opportunities anywhere to just to give this message of hope. It, it doesn't matter if, if it's at a school, uh, a prison, juvie, rehab center, and, and a church is going anywhere and dropping the gospel and is sharing testimonies of just what God has done personally in our lives. And, and how I heard about the movement, and this is, you know, just an ironic story. Um, not until I was talking with my dad. I think this is when I was like, "Oh, this is when I this is when I heard about the whosoever's." This was back when I was in youth group. I'm graduated now, and this is like my second retreat. And at the time, they told my dad, "Hey, we got we got some free time here. You can you can do a game. You can do a movie. Whatever you want to do." And he had just, uh, I think he had just purchased the the three six five documentary, which was their first documentary explaining the movement, their touring, and just what God was doing um, during that time as they were just going to different spots and, and just explaining. So this was their first ever documentary that they did. And I remember we watched it, we gathered together, and I'm going to be straight up with you. I didn't really pay much attention to the movie. I was too busy trying to flirt and get this other girl's attention who I liked at the time. So I completely <laughs> just kind of was like, oh, this is cool, like, oh, into it for the five, first five minutes and I got distracted. But I just remember eventually locking in at the end and just when they were just talking about the gospel and just you're seeing these people just find hope and just falling in love with who God is and, and what he provides us. I just remembered at the end of the movie, they had just gave an opportunity for everyone. Like, hey, if you want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you want to give your life to Christ and get committed and just get real with God, Man, I kid you not, like almost like half of the, the kids that were just watching that movie just got up there and went for prayer. And I just remembered that in my head, just so like, man, this is powerful. And, and as I got, you know, older, involved in, you know, social media, stuff like that, started following the movement, saw just what was going on in their Mexico tours and just really seeing what we're reading in Scripture here, right? These signs and wonders, right? The power of God, what, what God's doing through Scripture, just coming alive. And we got the opportunity to, to meet Ryan at a, at a conference in, back in, I think it was 2019. Got connected with him January 2020. He had got to come to our church, and it went down. And I'll share about that more later on. And 
And we and as we got connected again earlier this year, eight months prior to November, um, we just started praying, like, what would a Texas tour look like? They, they've always wanted to get here in Texas, but doors never open. And the Lord's like, you know what? I'm going to open the doors. And so uh, he allowed us to, you know, get an entire week of bookings. And it was, it was pretty rad. And um, their tour manager had reached out to me, Lucas, and was like, hey, you down to roll through? And I was like, yeah, I'm down. I was like, I, I'm, I'm going to have to get a week off of work. Um, I'm going to have to travel. I'm going to have to pay for this. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, Lord. But I kid you not, every step of the way, boom, work approved. Boom, okay, travel situation taken care of. Boom, financial support, like the Lord just providing all these means. And I was like, okay, well, the Lord's opened up this door, so it's going down. So it's going to be a full send for this tour. And and that's what I'm going to get into right here. And, and the reason why I shared... Uh, Matthew chapter 9, it, it just describes what happened throughout this week of touring throughout Texas and, you know, not only at church events, but, you know, just going out into the community. So myself, Ryan, Lucas, and the homie David from uh, California just hopped on the road and it just went down. And And our first stop uh, was actually outside the Austin area and the, and the homie Christina who's an ambassador for the movement, who actually does modeling and, um, man, goes to Calvary Chapel out with Cali and, and shares and the Lord's just using her, uh, had joined us for two days and, and it was just rad. It, it went down. And a couple weeks before tour, I came across this scripture in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 21. And I was just immediately drawn to it and, to, and I wanted just to see this promise of God come to life. Because it says here in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 through 21, And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and old men shall dream dreams. And even my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my Spirit, and they will prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs below, blood, fire, vapor of smoke and the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the day of the Lord comes and that great magnificent day verse 21 and it shall be and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved and I kid you not throughout this entire tour no matter where we're going that scripture is coming to life and it's a promise of God that we're living in it's real it's tangible and it's happening and, and that's what I'm going to share about one of our first stops uh, on the tour was outside the Austin area and at this place called Teen Rescue. And this place, Teen Rescue, is actually um, uh, kind of like a faith-based boarding school, if you want to say. Uh, for, for all girls, it's uh, for, for teenagers and, and young women who have found themselves coming from severe trauma and abuse um, and just going through craziness uh, in their life, parents may not know what to do with them. They're finding themselves in trouble at home, uh, just all sorts of stuff. So they get sent here. And when they get sent to this program, not only do they continue their schooling, but they actually teach them life skills So um, to, to move on in life. So they, they teach them not only just cooking, basic stuff for, you know, around the house, but they actually have like this property. So they actually have gardens that they're actually growing flowers, plants, vegetables, uh, they breed dogs and, and animals. They actually have, like, farm farm life there. <laughs> it's kind of cool. 
Um, they actually breed like pigs and goats and all this stuff. And it was just pretty rad going there. And, you know, again, it's faith-based. So they do Bible studies throughout the week and actually get them involved in a local church out there. And, and I kid you not. So picture this. We're, we're driving through literally the middle of nowhere in Austin. I mean, it's just farmland like out here in, in Divine. And you see this van that's purple checkered, has a raccoon on the side and it says, kill the noise tour. And, and that's us rolling through in the whosoever bus. And, and I kid you not, we were so out of place. But, you know, because you forget, okay, we're in this van and everyone's looking at you. You're kind of like, why is everyone staring us down? But it's like, oh, shoot, we're in this van. But either way, it was going to go down because we pull up to the property and all these dogs like come out of nowhere start greeting us but then we actually get to go and actually um just meet up with the girls and just kind of you know kind of break the ice because again when you're coming from you know being sent there or you know you're having trouble at home your parents just sent you there um or you're just coming from just a crazy past a lot of times you can be distrusting and not really open up to people, you know, because you're, it's it's that fear of getting hurt again. And that's cool because we were kind of just able to break break that ice and kind of just get to know them, uh, just to hear a little bit of their stories and just kind of, you know, just meet them where they're at. And it's actually pretty cool. So before going there, we were just like, man, like the Lord's brought us here. It's going to go down. Like the Holy Spirit's opened up the doors to, to come here. So we know it's going to pop off. And... You know, we were just talking, and, and Ryan's like, you know what, I think we should try to do a baptism out here. Like, we, we just said something, the Lord's, you know, like, this is something I think we got to do. And so, just remember that little detail. But they take us on a tour of a, of a property, and we're going around, seeing all this stuff they have here, have their farm animals, and and y'all are from Divine, so y'all know what's up. I, didn't, I ain't never seen a pig like that before, dude. I mean, that sucker was like this big, and I'm like... Man, and then all these pigs, they have these goats, and I don't know, I don't mess with goats like that. Goats got some demon eyes, they're all slanted like this, and I can't, I don't know what kind of goat this is, but it was like a goat horse, it was like this big, I was like, man, this sucker, there was like a fence right here, I was like, that thing could just jump that dude and, and go down, I was like, I ain't about all this, but it, it was just wild, they had this little, so they have like this little pit, it's about this size, their pin. They got like this little duck pond right here and then all the pigs, it's all muddy. And it, it was just cool, just funny seeing like, you know, walking through it. But this is their daily life. It, it's straight up country life. But, you know, later that night, it was actually pretty cool. Like, we're able to gather up with them. And, and Christina just shared her testimony and her testimony of, you know, just what God did in her life. You know, just bringing healing and restoration from a lot of trauma uh, from the past and how actually, you know, if you ever get the chance to hear her story, I recommend it. it it's pretty cool how she um, just ties in, you know, she she uh, has horses. So, you know, she was actually rehabilitated a couple, two of her horses, actually. Um, they were just like, you know, we're going to get rid of these horses. They're not good for anything. They were just going to get sent to the slaughter. But the Lord was like, no, nah, like, you know, putting it on her heart, like, no, nah, you should like... I know you've been wanting to get a horse. You need to take that horse and, and just the journey of just rehabilitating that horse and just so much how it connected with her. And, and man, it, it just resonated with these girls so deeply of how the Lord just brings healing from bondage. The Lord brings healing from just past hurt, relationships, 
and just is in that business of restoration and transformation. And and then even just Ryan sharing his story again, how, you know, when, you know, we, we meet the Lord, it's so real and tangible and, and it's so, it just brings complete satisfaction and peace. And, and in that night, we just walked away, just seeing the Holy Spirit just moving, like, and just in their hearts, just softening their hearts, bringing them just so open and just, man, it was just crazy. There's just, you know, his spirit being poured out, just people weeping and just, you know, it's so cool just being able to pray and comfort them. So the next day we're like, okay, it's about to go down. Like the Lord is moving. So we're like, you know what? We're going to, we're going to just, it's going to be a party because like, dude, the Holy Spirit's moving. And it was epic because we were like, okay, the next day we're just going to can continue to serve these girls. So we're like, okay, we bought like over 40 tacos. We're like, we're going to do a pizza party later that night. It's going to, it's going to be rad, but guess what? We're still going to drop the word and we know it's going to be real because we were able to go the next day, break bread with them. And we just, again, the Lord was preparing for something epic to go down. And, and Ryan just shared his message about John the Baptist, about how he killed the noise in his life got real connected with God and found meaning through the madness of this world. And, and it's really, again, the power of the Holy Spirit and what God has done in our life. And I kid you not, when it's just so basic and practical, God's word is the real raw gospel. And I, it was just amazing to see like five of those girls just give their life to the Lord. You know, it was a smaller group this time around, but you know, it was just amazing because, again, they were encountering the Holy Spirit and just, you know, just finding that hope and that peace. And, and it was crazy. Again, it's real. It's tangible. This, this promise, right, my spirit will be poured out on the last days. And anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a promise of God. And it's happening. And it was just crazy to see. And I always love when you see someone... They, they meet the Lord for the first time and, and they just have that experience because it's just so pure and it's just so raw and it's, it's just crazy because, again, it's the Holy Spirit coming down, bringing comfort and wholeness to our lives. And, and afterwards, we're like, okay, well, is there any of y'all down to get baptized? And literally all five of them are like, heck yeah, I'm down. Let's do this. And, and again, where's the water at? you know, to do this, because usually, you know, you need water, and so the, that day we were touring the property, they're like, hey, is there, like, any water nearby, and they're like, yeah, there's this pool out there, and then we have a pond, and so we're like, okay, well, let's check out the pool, the pool hadn't been cleaned since March, or it was, it was green, there's a bunch of leaves in there, so we're like, is there any, it, we'll check out the pond then, and then at first, we thought the pond was that little where the ducks were, I kid you not, it was like a foot of water, this is where all the pigs are, all this. And I was like, shoot, I guess if this is where it's going to go down, this is where it's going to go down. We'll baptize them here. But then actually, they actually had a, like a pond and it was a straight up like, you know, going out from Lytle over here. There's always that pond out to the right of, of that little road. And it was something like that. And, you know, we asked them, hey, is there any like, is there anything we should be worried about in this pond? You know, all these fools are from Cali, so there's like, is there any alligators? I was like, nah, we're too, we're too, we're not that far out uh, east. I was like, but they're like, nah, we have snakes. And we're like, oh, snap. And then we're like, are, do y'all like know if they're still in there? They're like, sometimes we see them, sometimes we don't. It's winter. And I was like, oh, that's reassuring. But it was funny because earlier that day, you know, 
Ryan was like, hey, bring an extra pair of clothes because we're gonna be we're gonna be dunking some people. So I was like, okay, it's gonna go down. And and, and just baptism again, it's just it's just this really just a symbol of just, you know, there's nothing special about that water. There's nothing special about the people praying for you. It's just symbolic of, of what it is. And and that water just represents the grave. Think about it like that. And when you're going under that water, it's all that past sin, trauma, you know, abuse, brokenness is being washed away in that water. That old self is being put off in that new self. As you rise out of that water, it's a new creation. And it, and it's just, again, what, what 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us, the old is gone. And that new restored, that new transformed self is, is there. And the process begins of transformation. It's not an overnight thing that that happens, but you know it begins this process in our life. And once we once we receive God, and just baptism is just is just that outward sign of an inward change that that's just happened in your heart. And it was so beautiful just to see that. And you know, I'm I'm glad these homies were down because that that I'm telling you that water. It was just muddy, it was squishy, and then, I kid you not, I felt bubbles a couple times. I was like, oh, those are the snakes coming to get me. But nah, I, it was cool because, you know, again, these, these girls had just gave their life to the Lord. And, and again, you know, we, again, it's, it goes back to Acts chapter 2. You know, in the last days, you know, he talks about visions. And it's cool because actually the Lord's actually gifted uh, Christina just having visions from the Lord and all it is is just a picture you know thinking about it that way and I kid you not as we're praying for these girls you know the Lord's just like giving her just a vision over their life and just what he has planned and in store for them and just what he's doing and they were so and we know nothing about these girls this is our first time meeting them so it's none of that superstitious kind of stuff you know what I mean where like let me get some details about you. Oh, look, this is what I figured about them. So you can tell them that. Nah, it's none of that. It's straight up God. Because each one of those visions were so distinct and, and personal for those girls. And it was just amazing because it's something that God was given to say, hey, I have a plan for your life. All this pain, all this brokenness that you experienced, what the enemy meant for evil, I'm going to turn it for good. And I And I have that plan. And it was just beautiful because... You know, it's it's just all those, you know, because the enemy, what he likes to do is just to bring shame and condemnation, you know, and to keep in that bondage. Like, hey, this is who you really are. But it's like when, when God enters the pictures, he's like, hey, I recognize who you are. But guess what? This is your transformed self. This is my perfect design I've had for you ever since the beginning. This fall happened where sin entered the world. It messed that up. But I sent my son to bridge that gap for you and to meet you where you are and to help you become transformed and to reach this beautiful design I've had for you. And and it was cool because all five of these girls get saved. But there's actually one girl who she did get saved, but she was sketched out of getting baptized. And and she reminds me of my sister so much. It's funny. Always always has a ton of questions. Always wants to have a reason why. But it's cool because the Lord meets us in that. Think of think of Thomas. Thomas was always doubting. He was always sketched out. Oh, I need to see this. But look, the Lord, the Lord met him where he was. He was patient with him. He he was faithful to answer those questions. 
But and and she had her valid reasons why. She was like, I know I'm gonna leave this place, and those temptations from my old life are gonna be there, and I know I may fall into that, and I feel like that's gonna discount me, and I can't do this. So when I get baptized, I really, you know, I feel like I have to be here. I have to really like be perfect and all this, and it was that's religion. Again, that's what religion tells you, is that you have to meet God here. But when you have a relationship with God, and when you look at the God of the Bible, and when you look at Jesus' mission here on earth, he's like, hey, I see where you are, and I'm going to meet you there. And I'm going to meet you in that brokenness. I'm going to meet you in that, in that pain, and whatever it may be, I'm going to meet you there. And I'm going to bridge that gap to take you to this beautiful design. Remember, I love how my dad always uses that quote, there's enough grace for the journey. He's patient. But, you know, we just explained to her, you know what, when you're ready, be real with God, and he'll reveal himself. And if this is something you want, he wants you to do, he'll tell you. And just and pray to him. And when you pray, she had never knew about prayer, and when you pray in Jesus' name. You know, because we, we're praying to Jesus, right? She had never heard that before. And guess what? This girl literally goes, she's like, you know what? Because we told him, hey, get changed. We're going we're gonna to do baptism, you know, so you don't ruin your regular clothes. But she's like, you know what? She went back there and she prayed. And she did a dangerous prayer. Because she was like, you know what, God? If you want me to do this, I'm going to need you to show me like a sign. And I'm going to need you to like prove it to me. Like this is something you want me to do. And she's like, in Jesus' name. And so she's out there seeing this, and the Lord's just kind of like drawing her near, drawing her near. Like, I want to do this. And she's like, you know what? If he asked, to, if I'm in my regular clothes to go in there and get baptized, I'm going to do it. And I kid you not. Like, after everyone's done, we're just like, you know what? This, is there anyone else that wants to do this? And this girl had told no one about this. This is something that she just prayed. And as soon as she heard that, she was like, okay, God, thank you for answering that. Boom. Raises her hand. I kid you not. She was like running to the water. She's like, okay. Like she was like, man, like, okay, God, this is real. Like you want me to do this. And it was so funny. She was just able to get baptized and we were just praying over her life. And ironically enough, we're going to baptize her and we're on this hill. Like there's like this incline. So we're like, we dunked her, but like the water only got right here. So we were like, oh snap. She's trying, she's trying to get up again. We're like, we got to double dunk this one. So we'll dunk her back again. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, it was it was so it was so funny. We did double dunker. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're like we gotta get her all the way. Nah, but again, scripture's real and tangible, and God is working and and moving. And and again, this is what God, and and really what today, what I'm showing you here is is the more practical application of scripture. And majority of us here, we know the word. This is a Bible teaching church. So we, we're rooted in the word. Um, and, and my prayer, my hope of today's message is showing you like, hey, this is happening. This is going down. And this is real life. And, and again, it's, it's knowing that this, we're not saved by our own works. It's nothing that we could have ever done. It is only by the grace of God and through our faith and who what, what Christ did on the cross is why we're saved. And, and it was just awesome just to see this go down. And then later that night, we did a pizza party. We got to chop it up. It was cool. You know, just that joy of the Lord that they were just experiencing. They ended up 
you know, watching their documentary of them in Idaho and just, we did an afterglow and it was so cool because there was not only like, you know, just healing of like physical elements they were dealing with, you know, knee pain, stuff like that, but more just spiritual, you know, they were just going through a lot at that camp, you know, a lot of night terrors, a lot of demonic stuff going down. We were just able to really pray over them and pray over that property that the Lord would just keep it and be near. And it was just epic. But again, it goes back to Matthew 9. City to city, village to village, anywhere the gospel is being brought. And when Jesus saw, remember, we're called to emulate, emulate Christ, like imitate Christ. When he saw that crowd, he had compassion because they were harassed, helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. And and today, our generation, like, like these girls, this is only, you know, one little fraction of what's happening today. You know, because Gen Z was actually titled the most loneliest generation of all time. We get that title. And and many today are, are dealing with trauma, identity crisis, self-worth if, uh, worth issues, self-harm, depression, anxiety, addiction, suicidal tendencies. And, and this is only a fraction of the big scheme of struggles that are going on today. And many are left hopeless. There's actually a t statistic Every hundred minutes, a teen will die from suicide. Uh, and in, in the U.S. alone, there'll be over 1,400 teens that will attempt that in a day. And so this, this stat is crazy. So every hundred minutes, a, a teen will die from, from suicide. And, and just in the U.S. alone, you know, that's, that's 1,400 kids will uh, even attempt that in a day. And in even prior to the pandemic of us going on this lockdown, you know, we we're seeing all time highs across the board, depression, anxiety, self-harm, uh, substance abuse, overdosing, especially in underage. Now there's a growing number of that. Uh, even pornography addiction is now, I think now there's actually growing rates from like five to seven is when first exposure happens. Um, but since the pandemic, so post that, these all-time highs have tripled and doubled in some cases. So self-harm is up 334%, overdose is up 119%, anxiety 94%, depression 84%, just naming a few. So this is what we're seeing. And this is why the call of the Great Commission is so important, reaching our communities no matter. This is across the board, all age spans. And so when we talk about our generation today, I always love using the term our generation because even though you may be titled as Gen Z, Millennial, Gen X, Baby Boomer, whatever, if you're existing in this generation, this is your generation to help today. Remember that. It's not like, oh, that's that generation. Oh, back in my day, da 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 da. Nah, we all have a part to play. And, and this is why the hope of the gospel needs to be preached no matter where it goes. And because again, John 3:17 tells us God came into this world not to condemn it, but in order that they might be saved. Don't get it wrong, he was real about their sin. He was real about what was going on, but overall his mission was the gospel. Is that again, brokenness inability to save ourselves providing hope and this new means to salvation and that you know again and again his mission was this john 10 10 
to give life abundantly, to provide life, to disrupt the plans of the devil, which was to steal, kill, and destroy, and, and to give. And the beauty of gospel is this. This is real, tangible satisfaction through the Holy Spirit and through Christ, a relationship with him. Everything out in this world, the, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, uh, you know, that scripture, everything in this world is fading away. It's temporal, and, it, and its desires are fleeting with them. But with Christ, it's eternal life, everlasting life, true peace and comfort. And, and it's beautiful. And, and I love sharing this story because it provides hope no matter where you find yourself. What the enemy meant for evil, he will use for good and to be a beacon of hope in the lives of others. And that's why, again, he calls whosoever. We're all disciples of the Lord. And, and it's funny because I've seen some people, they get twisted like, oh, you're just creating whosoever's. Oh, you're just da-da-da-da. Now nah, we're all a part of the same body. We're working towards the same mission of spreading the gospel in the name of Jesus. Amen. And, and there's tons of more details I can share about later about the story. But I want to share about another, uh, again, another city-to-city -city type deal. You know, we went to Bastrop, and the whole, that whole story of how we ended up in Bastrop was crazy. It went down, but nonetheless, there was this realtor out there. She bought 60 books for these kids out in this New Hope or Teen Challenge Center. So it was kind of like this program, but the opposite is all dudes uh, who are going there. And it was rad because, you know, it was a different vibe. Because dudes, when you're, when, whenever you're at a men's retreat, whenever you're in a youth group with all dudes or whatever, it's, there's always that front that we put up. Like, oh, we got to act a certain way or, you know, I can't show my emotions. So, you know, there's always that aspect. So you got to like, okay, how am I going to, this is how I need to be with guys. You know, be real, straight up. And just understanding. But again, we knew the Lord led us here, so it's gonna go down. He opened up all these doors, so he has a work that needs to be done here. And so when we got to this place, again, middle of nowhere, Bastrop, Texas, these were all these centers are. It's it's funny. But we get there and as soon as we pull up, you know, we were still learning about the place and what was going down. But there's literally this kid who was like laid out on these chairs. And I was kind of like, man, homeboy, homeboy looked out of it. I thought he was just tired or what. And then um, I started looking, he was kind of moving slow. I was like, man, homie probably got, you know, beat up. Cause I was like, he's out for it. He's done for the count. He's like probably 13. And then um, come to find out there's this other kid who got there. He had just got out of prison the day before and he was actually detoxing from meth. So he was, he was over there, but again, it was, this is the gospel. Anybody, it don't matter who you are, your past, or whatever. Again, this is where Jesus went to anybody needing hope. And and come to find out that kid who was actually laying on the, the chairs actually was pilled out. He had tried to OD earlier that day. And then, um, and actually going on throughout the whole campus, because these people are coming from different walks of life. You know, there was just a lot of demonic stuff happening. People seeing figures, people, you know, um, hearing voices. And actually that kid who OD'd was hearing voices trying to tell him to kill himself. So, but again, the Lord pulled us up there because he had a plan in store. And Ryan was just, again, sharing 
testimony, scripture, what God can do in our lives, the hope. And, and again, the Holy Spirit was softening their hearts. And it was funny. There was the old dude who was like running the place. He was like, hey, I'm going to be real with y'all. Some of y'all need prayer. Y'all need to just come up here and get over all that, that mess. He's like, y'all y'all need to get real. I know y'all are dealing with pornography, drugs, uh, substance abuse. Y'all are you know dealing with demonic stuff. Y'all just need to come up here and get prayer and, and be real about this. And I kid you not, just the Lord was healing these people, removing, again, bondage from just their past life, anger, addiction, no matter what it was. You know, even demonic stuff and how sketchy that could be, you know, because, you know, that stuff is real. But, again, the Lord had a move of the Spirit that needed to be happened. And, and that kid who ended up was hearing voices and pilled out ended up getting saved. That kid who was, you know, first day out of prison, um, you know, just struggling with, with drugs and substance abuse, you know. Because a lot of nowadays, a lot of these kids... They're trying to numb themselves from the pain and the trauma they're experiencing. And they're trying to search for God, search for this peace, right? People are open nowadays. You know, a lot of times what they're doing is they're hitting on LSD, mushrooms, and all this because that's they want this out-of-body experience to meet the Lord. But it's funny because we, when you get to share them, the gospel's like, hey, God's meeting you. Again, religion, I have to search. But God's like, hey, I'm here. There's the choice you have to make, and I'll be ready and available for you to give you a real tangible experience with me. And, and, and I share this story because it can be sketchy when you're going into these places. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's awkward. It's sketchy. You're like, is, is someone going to start manifesting as a demon? Because this homeboy is over here dealing with that stuff. That stuff is real. But there's always, again, that hope where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And that's a, a, a promise today. No matter where you find yourself, if you are in bondage to sin, bondage to addiction, you've been messing with, you know, just stuff that's opening up to, to evil spirits and, and stuff, just know this. You were, Christ came to also give liberation and freedom from that. And there's hope that, you know, when we call on the name of Jesus, you shall be saved. It all goes back to Acts and his scripture coming to life. His spirit is readily available to be poured out and enter our hearts. And God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever ask. That's a promise to remember. And and I want to shift gears here real quick and we'll start making headway. But... The whosoever is not only, you know, is going out into the community and doing missions, but I love how they also enter the churches. And actually, you know, it's kind of refreshing and building up of what their, you know, their mission is kind of just bringing encouragement. It's like, hey, this is what's going on. Fire all up. Let's keep it rolling. And, and I love because, you know, going back to Matthew chapter 9, you know, especially in verses 36 and 38, Jesus looks at the crowd, right? He had compassion, but he turns to his disciples and is like, look, the harvest is plentiful, you know, but hey, the workers are, are very few. But what is his first action for them to do? Pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest, the Lord who's over it, God. Pray to God to continue to build up those laborers to go out. And again, as we're his disciples, some of us are built up and we're ready to go. You just got to take that step of faith and get into it. And that's cool. I, I love, you know, within this year that, you know, Calvary Divine has been here. I've, I've seen how 
the Lord is just sending y'all out into the community and opening up tons of doors and opportunities and continue to take those doors because, again, God is gearing up and revival is happening in this generation. It's very slow. You may not see it, but it's going down straight up. And and we got to, you know, tour not only these two spots, but just a bunch of churches throughout Texas. And it, and it doesn't matter the size, the venue, where you're at, the Lord's Spirit is pouring out. And God is just saving and healing a bunch of people. Because we know, you know, nearly one-third of the church had stopped attending during the pandemic. Like, it was online, in person, people just left. And, and even at the, you know, there's statistics now, at the age of 18, after that, majority of people just stopped, you know, falling away from, stop attending church and falling away from their faith. And, and I want to share this story, you know, in Matthew 14, because we find that story where, you know, it's, it's Jesus with his disciples on the boat, right? And Jesus is like, hey, y'all need to go to the other side. You know, I'm going to meet you over there. And they go, and this crazy storm starts happening. And these are experienced fishermen. They've done sailed on this, this, this lake, this sea for for so long, but this was a bad storm because they're they're afraid. They're they're fearing their life is at stake. But what happens? Peter's looking out in the water, he sees someone there who's Jesus, and he's like, Hey Jesus, if that's really you, call me out. And so he's like, Okay, Pete, come on, let's go. Come out to me. Start walking. And Peter takes this step of faith. And starts living the impossible, walking on this water through the storm. And I share this because what happens so often is when the the church gets insulated and just operating amongst themselves and not bridging out into the community. What that breeze is just reading scripture, but there's no application. You're just getting fattened up on the word, but there's no actually like activity to take it out. Because what happens is this, people reading, reading, and... I want to see this happen, and it's happening, but until you get outside of that comfort, that boat, Jesus, notice this, Jesus is out in the storm, and that's where he calls Peter, like, hey, this is craziness. Peter's probably like, yo, like, there's all these waves, there's all this stuff popping off, and you want me to go out there? That makes no logical sense, but that's where he calls him. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm in the middle of the storm. Come out to me. And as soon as he left that comfort zone, he started living the impossible as he took those steps of faith. And I always thought about this, like, if I'm Peter, you know, I'm in the storm. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus, but then who knows? A big wave is fixing to come crashing on him. Lightning, whatever. That That's sketchy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be out in the middle of that. And, and I always wonder, you know, because we know he, he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he starts drowning. And I always wonder if his first thought, you know, was to like, I need to go back to the boat. Because that's where my comfort and safety is logically. But Jesus is like, no, this is where I've called you to be out. This is where I am. And this is what a decision that has to be made in our life and as a church is like, hey, I'm out here. You can come out to me. Or just stay in your little bubble. And this is what, you know, when you get out of your comfort zone and take steps of faith, Scripture comes alive and it goes down. Because God is real 
and is powerful in the little details of our lives and in doing ministry. And I'll, I'll share this one last story. Uh, we went to this youth conference out in Houston, and it was pretty sick. Ryan got to share just his, you know, again, his message and just his testimony. And it was crazy because, again, the Holy Spirit, God is in the details of our lives. We're mentioning how everyone went down sick. For some reason, I have, haven't got sick yet. Um, again, but look, the Lord knew that I needed to be here teaching this day so that he could rest. God is in the details of that. And he was in this youth conference because, I kid you not, all these teachings were all just connecting. Talking about fighting the flesh, putting off, you know, being a sacred vessel. You know, it was all connecting into this big moment where it's like, okay, the Lord has a work to do for these kids. And after Ryan shared his message, he gave the invitation just to these kids. And it's funny because especially at a youth retreat, youth conferences, as soon as that invitation is given, the first reaction is not to look and go. The first reaction is this. Like, who's look? Okay, who's going to be the first one? Oh, she's going? Oh, yeah, she needed that. Oh, he's going? Yeah, yeah, pray for that guy. Oh, shoot, he's going up there. I thought he was living fine. Homeboy needs to be saved. That's what happens. You start just judging, especially as a youth. And you know what? So at first, nobody was going up. And it's not like we're trying to pressure or get emotional rise out of these kids. It's just uh, was allowing for the Holy Spirit to move and work in their hearts and for God to draw them near, not us. And it was cool. We were just like, you know what? We're going to start praying. You know, so literally you could tell like all the adults in, in serving were just praying. And they were just playing worship songs and the Lord just started bringing people up. And it was cool because it happened about two or three times where they were just, you know, we're going to play. And just the Lord kept drawing people, drawing people. And just, you know, again, just people who were dealing with eating disorders, people who were dealing with depression, anxiety, all this types of stuff. And before we knew it, nearly half of the conference was up there of those kids just needing prayer and wanting to just get real with God. And... It just goes back to Acts. Like, my spirit will be poured out. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that promise of God. And it's no matter where you find yourself, God is in the details of our lives. And it takes that step of faith. That altar call is not for whoever's up here to be like, oh, 13 people today. I killed that thing. Or look, look at me. I got all these people. And that's not what that's about. That altar call is not for you to be seen by that. That's a step of faith. That's activating your faith because when that when there's an opportunity for prayer, when there's an opportunity to you know have that time with the Lord, that's an opportunity for you to make a stand for your faith. And if you can't make that stand within these four walls of the church, how can you make that stand out in the world? That's the reality, and that's what that's about. And I kid you not, you know. Just the Lord was just working, and and it all goes back to Scripture and Matthews and Acts and all these other kind that it's alive and active. And what the Lord was just showing me after this tour is that it's going down. Like, and God has something in store for these future generations where He's drawing them in and drawing them near. And and I know for my life, it's like you have to make those steps of faith and. 
and I just love, you know, and, and really what the Lord, I was going through Ezekiel throughout this whole time on this tour, you know, and I just love that book because it's just, you know, I was going through some stuff in my life and like, okay, where do I fit in at my church? What has God called me to do? How should I deal with certain people? How should I deal with operating in ministry? And I kid you not, each and every day, God was like speaking to me. This is what you got to do here in Ezekiel chapter two. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to remember for your own life. Again, when you set your side, set yourself aside to be a sacred vessel, you know, there's two kinds of vessels that the Bible would talk about. There's a sacred and a common vessel. The sacred vessel, you know, it's whatever you put in the two vessels determines their use. So a common vessel, you know, you put dishwater in there. You know, I think of an RV, you know, you have your gray water tank where it's your dish soap and your restroom. And when you empty that, it's gray water. It's a bunch of stuff in there. It's dirty. It's whatever. That's a common use. And that's what happens in our life when we're just inputting all this junk, right? The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, everything that the world tells us what we need. When we're putting that in, man, it's, it's just creating us for just making us into junk. You know, and it, and it's leaving us empty and broken, only good for, for common things. And most what happens in the church, too, is people are like, I want to be used by God. I want God to use me and do these crazy things. I see this scripture. I want to see this happen in my life. But you're still creating yourself as a common vessel. A sacred vessel is what they would use in, with the priest. And a sacred vessel is what they would use in, in all those types of deals. Oil, the purest of things, would go in there to, to be set aside for that. And, and just take that into, you know, our own life. When we're setting that time aside to pray, be rooted in his word, be fellowshipping with other like-minded people, serving, being active in our faith, pursuing Christ, that's setting ourselves aside to be used by God. And for to see this tangible scripture, like this, this tangible, it's real, I can grasp it, I can like hold it, seeing this come to life. And I'll share this in Ezekiel and you know, it says this in Ezekiel chapter 1 through 14, and I'll kind of break it down. I'm going to pick and choose from that one. But I'll, um, I'll give you the gist of it in the context. God takes Ezekiel to this valley, and he gives Ezekiel this vision, so this picture. And, and what Ezekiel sees is this valley of dry bones. And, and it's just dry bones. Um... It says that they were even very dry. Like these bones were rotten. These bones were just, it was good for nothing. It looked dead. Nothing could come from this. But God tells them this in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 3. And he said, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, Oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you. And you shall live. And I love this because, you know, he goes on to, you know, tell them, like, hey, prophesize this over them. Like, this is my plan for them. Again, this is in his vision that he has for them. And, and he just tells them, this is a promise of God. Hey, these bones, they seem dead. They seem dry. But I will cause life to come into them. I'm not through with them yet. Because actually these bones, as he says in verse 11, represented the, the whole house of Israel. And, and he says this, 
They say our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, we are indeed cut off. And, and it seemed like they were dead. Israel has spent so much time in their sin, in their junk, that it created them as, as just dry bones. Nothing good seemed that they can come from. This is where their sin led them. Led them to this, 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 these bones. But God's like, hey, I have a plan for you. And he tells them, prophesy over these bones. And so Ezekiel begins to speak life into them. And, and, and then he just, again, tells you, in, in scripture, again, he prophesies over these bones and he says, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord uh, God to these bones, Behold, I shall cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And in this vision, these bones start rattling. This is a crazy picture. The Bible has some crazy like accounts and stories. All these bones start rattling and what happens? They start forming into these people. And the skin starts being, like, all these tendons start coming on. The skin, the skulls are, like, readjusting to the head. And these new people, these new creations are walking out of it. And God's like, this is my plan for Israel. And he says this, thus, in verse 12, Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord your God, Behold, I will open your graves and rise and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord, and when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord and I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. I just love that verse because again, all these signs and all this stuff, it always points back to, to knowing that I am the Lord. And you can come on up, Sarah. We can we can get it rolling, but... Um, if you just want to play and strum, that would be dope. But this is what God is doing. And I really believe in this next year and in this generation, this is what God has in store. That our sin, our muck, has, has left us to be, in a sense, like dry bones. This is what sin produces. Sin is only capable of producing death in our lives. Sin is only capable of destroying, stealing everything from us, and just leaving us dead into this valley that's all it's capable of but even in these bones think about this this is a valley there's just bones filled up in it god what we would see as dry bones good for nothing god saw life able to come from it and to be restored and transformed and that is what the gospel is is that sin left us dead, but God just didn't leave us dead in that sin. He sent his son Jesus to come on a rescue mission from eternity to save us from our sins and to give us a real tangible relationship with him. This stuff is real and coming to life. And that's why I did it in this form today because this is the practical application of what is happening. This is the real world example. And I love how today it's fitting you know, we're doing communion because communion is something beautiful. It's a remembrance of what God has done in our life. It is so awesome. It's remembering that he came down from heaven to die for the sins of the world so that we may live and find everlasting life within him. And it's a beautiful remembrance of what he did on that cross, what he took, that beating 
that's what the bread represents his body that was broken for us and that and that that blood represents the juice that was spilt out that washes us white as snow when we're covered in the blood because when we're covered in that blood no longer does God see us as ourselves anymore he sees us as his son and communion is special because it's it's for you know communion means something if if you love the Lord and you belong to him if not it's just you know it's just eating crackers and drinking grape juice which isn't a combo most people would think of doing it's again it's remembrance it's more meaningful you know when it's intimate with the Lord and it's and it's for people who belong to the Lord so I want to give an opportunity for those online um, and, and if you're here hey if you need to get it right with the Lord um, you know the Bible says also we're to examine ourselves before taking communion so I want to do is have a time of prayer um, Sarah you can play we'll pass out the elements do another little intimate moment with the Lord and we'll take communion but I'm gonna pray over everyone and we'll get rolling here Lord I pray um, you know if there's anyone here is there anyone online um, that wants to receive the Lord either recommit their lives to him uh, I, I just want to lead you in this simple prayer it's not anything in my words it's not anything special in words you're saying it's just what you mean in your heart and it's taking that step of faith to know that this relationship with God is real and that the God of the universe it wants to meet you where you're at and just to help you live an amazing life and find true purpose and meaning and hope. So I just want to lead you on that prayer and just repeat after me, Dear Jesus, I recognize who I am and who you are. I recognize that I'm broken and I'm in need of a savior. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I pray that you would help me turn away from my old life. I believe your death on the cross was enough for me. And I believe that I am enough in your eyes because who you have made me in your son. We're a new creation. Amen. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would empower my life. Holy Spirit, enter my heart and be with me the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. And I just want to pray, Lord, also for um, anyone that is struggling with sin and bondage to anything, Lord, you know the details of their life. And I pray as we take this moment to just examine ourselves uh, before the Lord and as we just received the elements, Lord, that you would just pour out your spirit and move within us and just reveal those things that need to be removed from our life. And repentance is just turning around, just doing a 180 and walking the other way. So I pray that your Holy Spirit will move within our hearts as we pass out the elements in Jesus' name. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.